Okay. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of College Cast. I'm your host, Trevor Potts, and we're talking about uh, today the importance of building human connection and what that looks like for student mental health. And today we have the pleasure of talking with one of the biggest advocates for human connection, our guest, Pete Bombacci, founder and executive director at the Genwell Project. And for those who are not familiar with Pete's work, he's had uh, an incredible work experience portfolio, having worked in sales, branding, uh, senior management roles for major corporations, liqueurs, and for most in Canada. Before he launched uh, his passion project in 2016, the Genwell Project, which centers on educating people on the importance of human connection and inspiring action. He's also a keynote speaker, commentator, and writer, having contributed pieces to print, uh, magazines, radio, and online outlets. And of course, uh, Pete's a passionate advocate for generating human connection that builds health and promotes well-being. So Pete, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. Uh, really great to have you here. Uh, Trev, it's great to be here and uh, honestly excited for this conversation because I think young people today across our country and frankly around the world need to better understand the importance of human connection to their health, their wellness, and and frankly, their longevity. So. Yeah, absolutely, and it's it's something that um, uh, that affects not, not only college students, but it's kind of this is something that's important for all aspects of society. And and uh, I, I guess before we get further into it, I wanted to talk about briefly about your background, kind of making that jump from the corporate sphere into uh, the nonprofit sector, and then kind of touch on what like what drew you to uh, being an advocate for human connection. Yeah, I think it's a really great question, and I and I'm thrilled to share it with young people. Um, you know, I, I I spent 20 years in the beverage alcohol industry. You know, uh, I marketed and sold uh, wine, liquor, spirits, uh, beer, you name it. I I either sold it or or marketed it. And during that time, you know, I certainly enjoyed the work I did only because of the culture that I think was created uh, when I was working at Molson Canada. And, uh, but when I, when I, uh, one of the things that I was really passionate about while I was there was, you know, doing the other things like being part of the social committee, being part of the volunteer committee and doing the things that at the time I actually didn't realize how important they were to my health, my happiness, um, and also to my success, uh, because that's how you build the relationships that create the type of culture in an organization where the organization thrives and you as an individual thrive. Uh, but a time came when it was time for me to leave and I left, uh, not knowing where I was going to go n- next, just knowing that my days in the, I think the, the for-profit world, at least in a for-profit world that didn't have any connection to making a positive impact on the world in some way, shape, or form. And, and certainly, we did lots of uh, volunteer work, but I think I needed to be closer to, to doing good. And so I had the opportunity. I had been volunteering at Movember Canada for about five years, and uh, for, for about five, six months just before the end uh, when I left Molson Canada. And I had a, a run-in. I ended up leading the, the volunteer committee in Toronto, but I had a, a run-in with the CEO from Movember. And we got to know each other after a couple of the meetings that I was hosting with all the volunteers. And he approached me uh, and said, hey, would you be interested? We're opening up an office in Canada. We, we're looking for somebody to run the campaign. And it just happened that simply, Trev. And I, I say simply 
because my message to everybody who's listening to this, which is aside from our human connection, although it is about human connection, is put yourself in the places where you shine your brightest. You know, I was volunteering at Movember because I thought it was an amazing campaign, because I thought it was funny, because I thought men's health needed more awareness and visibility in the world, because it was the only one of the few things that I was willing to do peer to peer fundraising for and grow a silly mustache and, and ask people to help, you know, support men's health and my mustache. And as a result, um, I became passionate and, and excited about it. And when people see you in your zone, when they see you passionately doing whatever you do, that's when you shine your brightest and that's when people will find you. So for those that are out there looking for uh, jobs and it's going to be a tough market moving forward, I think volunteering for organizations that you believe are aligned with your values, with your mission, with what you believe in is one of the greatest ways to get connected to potential jobs, certainly building healthy relationships and certainly being connected to people who can help guide you, you know, through the world that's ahead. And so, you know, it's it's a beautiful story of how I got there, but didn't have the attention. And now that I've had the chance to taste it, being at Movember and running that campaign for five years, now I'm, frankly, I'll use the word addicted. I'm addicted to doing good. And really excited about what lies ahead. We're five years into the Genwell project. We were ahead of the curve. But really what I saw was a need in society to raise the awareness and consciousness uh, about the importance of human connection to our health. Even coming out of my time at Movember. And that's why in 2016 I launched the Genwell project. Which is a global human connection movement that's working to make the world a happier and healthier place. By educating people about the importance of human connection. Absolutely. Yeah. You mentioned you saw a need, kind of a need in society when it came to that kind of connection. Of course, uh, looking back to see in 2016, I mean, you, you founded this, um, uh, you founded this organization essentially before the pandemic even hit. So we can obviously see the, the disruptions to human connection now, but you must've seen something Back in 2016, something about society, whether it's barriers to access, um, uh, I just wanted to see if there was uh, something in particular you saw that makes it difficult in our society to have that human connection. Do you know what? I would say my entire career, Trev, has been focused on people. When I was in the beverage alcohol industry, it was understanding that when I brought people together, that was not only when they had the greatest experiences of their life, but that's when they consumed the products that I was either marketing or selling. When I was at Movember, I saw the power of bringing people together under a common icon, which was our mustache. But number two was about a common purpose and helping other people. And in this case, it was about men and men's health. And so what I started to recognize uh, in all of those things in my in my 25 year career was looking back and recognizing how much people need people and the power and, and how people respond when somebody and we all have the opportunity to do this. To send out that note to our friends, our family, our neighbors, colleagues, classmates and say, hey, guys, you want to get together. And how many of us have experienced the thing where all of a sudden there's yes, in, can't wait, let's do it. Yeah, we're, you know, because we all sit there craving human connection. Maslow told us back in 1943 that love and belonging is a human innate need that we all have. And and yet none of us have ever been educated on it. So my experience in those roles and and why I got to a place in 2016 to recognize how important this was, you know, was all that information. But there was also one catalyst way back. And in 2003, and probably most of your listeners are too young to know this or remember it clearly, 
um, was there was a blackout on the eastern seaboard of North America. And during that blackout, 50 million people on the eastern seaboard went without power for two to seven days, depending on where they lived. That day, I was working out at the airport at Molson. And I, initially, I came back and I saw the how the beauty of the human species that people were picking people up on street corners and helping old ladies across the street and directing traffic and giving out ice cream and water. And it was a beautiful day. It was a Thursday afternoon. It was 31 degrees. You know, other than people that were in high rises without air conditioning, most people actually fared quite well. But we were all willing to step up and help each other. And that's the amazing thing that we see in the pandemic as well. We are amazing human species in times of crisis. The problem is, is we quickly revert back after the crisis is over and it's still to be seen how quickly we revert back, uh, you know, after the pandemic. But that night, I went to a friend's house and we had a barbecue. about five, six blocks away. And at nine o'clock at night, I walked out on the front porch and the street was packed with people. And I just thought it was such a beautiful thing to see people on the street. And I just made the assumption that all these people knew each other. So I went out to the street and I'm like, hey, this is beautiful. You guys are all connecting. This is awesome. And this is before I'm really fully engaged into, you know, the idea that we need more human connection. And all the people looked at me, uh, you know, with surprise, kind of like, what do you mean we know each other? We don't know each other. And I stood there, Trev, honestly, that night and for literally for 10 years after. And I, if you ask my friends, they would tell you that many of them had to tell me to stop talking about it because my, my response was always, hey, wouldn't it be nice if we could do that more often? Wouldn't it be nice if we could turn off all the distractions, all the pace, all the pressure, the commutes, all those things, and we could actually get people to spend time with each other? And the pandemic was close to it. But the reality is the thing that we missed in the global pandemic was the opportunity to connect with each other. So that blackout, along with my experience at Molson and, and Movember, that's what led me to recognize, and then doing research, frankly, recognizing, oh my gosh, the research is all fairly new. It's only since the late 1990s, early 2000s, Julianne Holt-Lundstadt you know, stated that isolation and loneliness is the equivalent of smoking 15 cigarettes a day. That was 2010. And so, you know, many of the leaders, whether it's of our schools and colleges, whether it's in the medical community, whether it's in our social workers, whether it's our moms and dads, most of us don't know this information because it's so new. And so that's where I kind of thought, oh, my gosh, we have a crisis coming down the track at us. And somebody needs to step up right now and do a consumer led, you know, consumer facing movement that allows me to have this conversation with you, not from a science perspective, but from a human perspective and say, hey, Trev, what can we do? How can we share this message with all the students across the country? Because the unique thing, physical and uh, physical activity and eating well, which we've all been educated on, are really simple, not simple, but you can do them by yourself. I can tell you to go for a walk. You can go do it, your choice or not. I can tell you to go buy fruit and vegetables. You can choose to do it or not. The unique thing about social health, the unique thing about love and belonging is somebody else needs to engage with you. And so telling people that are struggling that they should go and get connected is half the job. I'm not even sure it's half the job. I think it's 25% of the job. I think the other 75% of the job is talking to every other human being on this planet, every other person on a campus and saying, hey, you have an opportunity to make a difference in the life of another student today by being more open, when you're standing in the line at the coffee shop, when you're standing in line, you know, in the cafeteria, when you're walking into the classroom, hey, be more open because we all need human connection. And who knows that stranger today 
may be your best friend tomorrow or might teach you something you don't know or maybe a, a lifelong friend that you, you, you learn so much from and, and maybe it's a different culture, maybe it's a different age, whatever, the, whatever the, the combination is. You know, when we get an opportunity to connect with other people, it's usually over 90% of the time it ends up in a positive experience for both of us. So we want to raise that, connect, that, that awareness of the importance of connection. And it's really just a, a, a thing that came after experience and different types of activities that led me to say, okay, we need to go do something about this. Yeah, absolutely, Pete. Like you you nailed it specifically. Like <clears throat> the, this idea that it takes a crisis to realize we need connection. This is something that, of course, you're seeing with new research and uh, even our own student surveys we've had at CSA. I mean, we have... Uh, 70% of students reporting negative mental health over the last year. You've got 78% of students with pre-existing mental health conditions reporting that they're worsening. You've got some of the top indicators of uh, uh, of how they described, or descriptors of how students described their last year. I mean, stressful tops number one, anxious and isolated. I mean, this is something that, like you mentioned, it's something that we're new generations, old generations. We're we're not trained on this kind of aspect of social connection and mental health. It's it's mainly like you said, focused on diet and exercise. And uh, I think we're seeing again with the pandemic. This is all these issues are coming to light. In particular, I, I want to get your insight into you know students coming back to campus in the fall. We're seeing you know vaccine mandates, uncertain procedures, a lot of a lot of unknown information, a lot of anxiety surrounding this kind of coming back to school. I wanted to get your insight in when students are coming back to campus, what are some things that they can do to build that human connection to kind of take charge of uh, their social interactions and build those connections with others? You know, I'm going to I'm going to step back to your last point and answer this one all all in the same uh, in the same breath, uh, Trev. So first off, yes, we've never been educated, but we also need to recognize the social pressures that we have put ourselves under through things like media, social media, you know, technology as a whole and the, and the amount of time that we're we're losing to, you know, human connection when we're on all these different platforms. And we also need to recognize that these platforms aren't going to change. And, you know, even the head of one of the, the major ones, which we would all know, but, you know, I don't want to call anybody out. I think it's creating the awareness, but all of them was asked if they would change their business model if they knew it was having a negative impact on society. And he didn't answer the question. And so there's only one way for us to find the balance and take back what I will say, you know, and I, I don't mean to be extreme, to take back our life is to actually educate ourselves on what social media, what media is doing to us. And, and, and if we can actually educate people, you know, I think the, the stat a few years ago was the average person born today will lose five years and six months of their lives on social media. Five years and six months of our lives on social media. You know, that, that's 10, you know, eight to 10% of most people's lives, Trevor. And that's just a sad statement of, you know, the experiences that we could have with other people. So this is all part of the education. Part of what the GenWell Project does, we educate, we empower people by tips, tools, and ideas. Everybody can follow us on our social platforms. But we also catalyze people a couple times a year, once in the spring and once in the fall. 
And research, again, informing people, research suggests that people struggle with seasonal transition. And it makes sense. You come out of the dark, cold days of the, the winter, you know, you get into the spring, two things happen. First off, you've been isolated. In that case, it's usually only four to six months. Now we've been isolated for 16, 17, and, you know, God forbid, it looks like it might even be longer as we, as we deal with the, the fourth wave. But, you know, now you come into the, the, the spring and the temperatures get warmer. And this is one of the reasons why suicide rates are highest in the springtime is because the social pressures. When I was a kid, Trevor, I only competed with the five people I could see out my front window. Today, we need to recognize that we're competing with the world. And if we don't become educated and understand that we need to shut it off or understand what it is that we're looking at it and knowing that it's only people's human highlight reels, it's only the finest things, everything is manicured and curated, the reality is by educating us, we can make better choices what to do with our time. So, you know, we need to educate people because that's part of it. And, and that's about understanding where we were. And now when to answer your next question was, what do we need to do moving forward? Well, again, I think it's about educating people about how important human connection is. And let me just give you some of the stats. And you, you talked, I think that was the sick kids stat that you used uh, that was over 70% of kids have shown at least one uh, negative sign to their mental health. But, you know, in general terms, you know, social connection, uh, single largest indicator of happiness in your life. So we need to recognize how important it is in making us happy reduces anxiety and depression, increases empathy, compassion, resilience, strengthens your immune system. So if you're trying to stay healthy, spending time with other people is really important. Uh, strengthens your self-confidence, which in a world where we've been isolated from each other for 17 months, you know, there's going to be a lot of people. And let's understand this isn't just a COVID issue. You know, there's been people who've probably failed some classes. There's probably some people who've had some family struggles. Maybe they've broken up in a relationship with a boyfriend or a girlfriend. You know, there's so many complexities that are going into this. And as we come out of it, not only do we need to be uh, more connected because, uh, by the way, there was a piece of research that came out in the middle of the pandemic that showed that the single greatest preventative action that we can take to avoid depression is not going for a run. It's not eating better. It's not, you know, time in nature. It's actually spending time connecting with other people because that gets us out of our head, helps us put context around the challenges that we're facing, find solutions and build resilience, which is what we're all, you know, really seeking as we come out of this. So as we come out of this, not only do we need the human connection, but I think there's a really important message here. And it's really about compassion and understanding that as we come back, everybody's going to be struggling in one way, shape or form, whether it's with COVID or those other things I mentioned. And the greatest thing we can do is all be, be more open, be more kind, be more aware and be, be more helpful and, and willing to connect with anybody because none of us know how important that one conversation might mean to you, but maybe even more importantly, what that conversation might mean to somebody else that you talk to. And that's what I think as we come back to campus and I've been talking to some campuses, you know, it's no longer good just to have parties or have events. We need to educate students as to why we're doing those events. We need to educate students on why you need to show up at these events, why you need to connect with other people. So I think we need to be more strategic and intentional in creating the human connections as we come back than we have been in the past, because I'd suggest to you, Trev, that we all 
are guilty of having taken our social connections for granted. And now we're waking up and going, hmm, maybe I should have spent more time with Trevor and, and spent more time getting to know him and everything about him. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's something you talked about uh, tips, tools, and and how to catalyze people. It's kind of a solution that seems simple, but in practice, you know, it has many different avenues. Uh, it involves education. It involves being willing to open yourself up. I found that uh, one of the tools for listeners that, that haven't uh, checked out your website and kind of your Twitter feed even as well, there's some really good resources. In particular, there's a uh, the social social connection survey that you put out recently that had almost 4,000 participants. I mean, it revealed not only the gaps that we see, six out of 10 Canadians feeling lonely, uh, almost 50%, I believe it was 46% feeling lonely every day, but it, it kind of highlighted as well a lot of the solutions and kind of the hope aspect behind it that two statistics I found very interesting was uh, Canadians that spend one to four hours with friends in the past week have a 1.6 time less likely of being lonely. And Canadians who spend one to four hours with neighbors in the past week were three times less likely to be lonely. So these are, like you said, it's not necessarily focusing on, you know, rigorous exercise, rigorous diet. I mean, that's a, an important aspect, important, yeah. but, but yeah, like you said, it's, this is a, one of the most critical aspects to well-being and health is connecting with others making that making that attempt one thing i found very interesting in some of the uh, you did a telus talks with an interviewer a while back and one thing you mentioned that i found was really interesting was that the gen wealth project is not anti-technology it's not uh, it's not against some of these quote unquote barriers to connection like let's say social media but it's actually finding creative ways of connecting with others. Like one thing you mentioned was uh, playing virtual euchre. I mean, like these are these are creative ways of having fun, connecting with friends, with family. I wanted to get a sense from you uh, with the Gen Wealth Project having these uh, having the pandemic unfold, and has it caused you to kind of shift your creativity and kind of look for new ways uh, that you can share resources, educate that sort of thing. Yeah, it's a great question. Um, so uh, first off, you've done your research. So thanks for looking at all those things from our connection survey to the TELUS talk with Tamara Taggart, which was a great conversation as well. Um, you know, every Friday we put out an infographic that gives people some tips, tools and ideas on how they can get connected. One week it might be about, you know, connecting with a neighbor. The next week it might be about how you'll start up a conversation with a stranger the next week, it might be a classmate, you know, all the different ways in which we can get started. Because for some people that are in a rut, uh, the, you know, I'll use that term, you know, you can't even think about how you might actually strike up that conversation with somebody. So we do want to help people, uh, you know, start building healthy connection habits starting today. You know, join us on our GenWell weekends each spring and fall, but don't wait, you know, start now. And so to your question about technology, here's what I'd say. And I think this is a, a big silver lining coming out of the global pandemic. You know, um, most of us, you know, when, when technology first started rolling out, and if you use the launch of the iPhone, which is 2005, you know, people only focused on the positive. They said it was going to, you know, you know, ease up our day. We didn't have to go to the bank anymore. We didn't have to, you know, waste time ordering things. We could have things delivered to our door. We, you know... But where's all that time gone? And unfortunately, it's gone to the things that nobody talked about at the start of 
you know, the, the rollout of technology. It's gone to social media. It's gone to on-demand TV. It's gone to gaming. It's gone to, and I'm not anti any of those things, Trev. What I'm, what I'm pro is human connection. And life is all about balance. And look at, look at the silver lining. Look at you and I are having this, you know, conversation on this platform. You know, you mentioned I was playing, you know, at the start of the pandemic, Euchre. And one night we had somebody in um, Tasmania, somebody in Thailand, somebody in Algonquin Park, somebody in Toronto, and somebody in New York. How cool is that? That's how technology can help us. It can help us stay connected, you know, during times of crisis when we can't connect. But what we need to do on the other side of this is not lose sight of one thing. Number one, the technology can only be a supplement to the human interactions that make us happy and healthy. There is nothing wrong with every time you see your best pal, if every third time you connect with them because we've all got busy lives and busy schedules, you do it through technology. That's awesome. You know, don't lose connection. Don't lose touch. You know, use it as a means to supplement that relationship so you can take, stay connected with each other and understand what's going on in each other's lives. But let's recognize, and, and the research has already come back through the global pandemic. You know, texting is probably the worst thing we can do. A phone call is better. Zoom, for some people, can even be as close to in-person as possible. But even that little gap of difference over time adds up to a great separation you know, emotional separation from the people that we love and we care about and we enjoy spending time with. So that's the message to everybody. Hey, use technology to supplement the worlds and the the relationships that we want and have. But let's remember that it's time with other people that makes us happier, healthier, you know, live longer. And I will say more successful because when you have people around you, whether it's at school or whether it's when you get into the work world, the reality is, Having people there that can, you know, share notes with you from class, can study groups with you, or frankly, when you're trying to find a job, trust me, over 90% of the jobs in the market today are not through a resume. They're through a contact. So if you're not working on building your contacts with people your age and all ages, then I think you're missing a huge opportunity right now. And, And although our focus isn't on, you know, the Genwell project isn't about building connections because I want you to get a job, the... Genwell Project wants you to build those connections because I want you to be happy and healthy and, 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 and achieve everything in your life. But yeah, you know what? Build those connections because someday you'll probably need them to get a job as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what I'm hearing a, a lot uh, from, from our conversation, I mean, it, it's not relying on others to necessarily give you that connection in the sense like you need to take ownership for your own level of human connection. You need to be creative in how you engage, maybe through technology, finding ways of building those connections. You know, it requires you to take ownership for that yourself. I, I just kind of wanted to touch on as well, you know, how, how students and other uh, young professionals how they can become involved with the general project. Uh, I wonder if you could talk more about how it operates and, you know, ways that uh, students can uh, refer to your resources to kind of learn from and access that education on human connection. Well, first off, Trevor, I, I want to say thank you for, uh, for laying it out for us to say, hey, here's your opportunity to share your message and, and engage students, because uh, I think it's really important. I don't know too many other organizations that are focusing on what we focus on 
human connection from a preventative health message. Yes, we know that it will also support people that are struggling, whether that's food insecurity, a mental health issue, you know, uh, whatever crisis, a relationship issue, a job loss, you know, having people around you when that happens. And we see it in the pandemic, as we've just talked about, you know, in a crisis, we need people and most of us are open to connecting. But the message of the Genwell Project is, hey, let's get people to start building these healthy connection habits before the crisis. So when you're doing well, you know, understand how important those connections are so that you can manage your way. You know, I look at the seniors community during the global pandemic, and if all the seniors had had relationships in place, whether it was at a senior's home or at their own home, we wouldn't have been in the crisis in many ways that we were in trying to build the connections with people. Because trying to build a connection with somebody in the middle of a crisis, you know, you have to get, you know, a police approval and you got to do this and you got to do that. It's just not that easy. Whereas if I, if Trevor knows me and I'm 70 years old living on my own and I've known Trevor for 30 years, Trevor walks up on the door and says, hey, Pete, I'm going to get you some food this weekend. You stay put. I'll go to the grocery store. What do you need? Send me a list, you know, whatever. And so that's what we're trying to do is really be proactive in how we share this message. So, you know, my encouragement for every student is are, are these things. Number one, uh, we've just reloaded our, our website and we will be uploading it with information, articles, tips, ideas, so much content that, you know, I don't want to say you'll be overwhelmed, but we're trying to segment it so that if you're a student you'll be able to go and through drop downs, go right to articles and videos that are specifically related to you as a student so that you can better understand. I'm 55 years old, Trevor, and no doctor has ever said to me, have you ever thought about you being isolated or lonely? Have you ever thought felt lonely? And I can tell you only in the last year have I recognized that this movement I built to help the world but frankly, I'm now recognizing it how many times I've been lonely in my life. I lost my dad as a kid. I've quit jobs and gone long periods without a new job. You know, I've divorced. I've been through breakups. I've lived life just like everybody else will live life. And your challenges may be different than my challenge. But every one of those situations requires us to have people to help us through those challenges. So check out our website at genwellproject.org. But I think even more important, especially for young people, is head on over Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. Um, we're not on TikTok yet. You know, we'll, hopefully we'll get to some other platforms at some point. But the reality is every day we post tips, tools, ideas, research, and maybe most importantly, inspiration that can help us all realize how much we need human connection and that we can start taking, you know, steps to improve it. And I, and I think most importantly in that message is maybe for our own health, but maybe for the health of every person around us, whether that's your family, whether that's your friends, whether that's your classmates that are sitting right beside you. I literally, you know, one of the great things that came out of our uh, Canadian Social Connection Survey, Trev, I think it's a beautiful. So if you talk to strangers once a week, you are three times as likely to be happy. But Trev, what have we been told our entire lives not to do? Talk to strangers. So if I, yeah. And if I told you that over 90% of the time, and this is a study by Nick Epley out of the University of Chicago, if I said to you that over 90% of the time when you connect with uh, strangers, it's a positive outcome, and that psychologically most of us underestimate the positive impact that that, that connection will have, that we've pretty much psyched ourselves out of actually talking to strangers. 
And so what we want to do is, you know, as part of you talked about talking to neighbors and the fact that if you, you know, talk to neighbors, you're three times less likely to be lonely. If I tell you that talking to strangers makes you three times as likely to be happy. If I tell you that spending time with family makes you happy. If I tell you that talking to classmates, which we didn't study on this one because we kind of incorporated under friends, uh, but we'll probably break it out on the next survey if I can educate people about all these complexities, and you highlighted it earlier, this isn't an easy, this isn't easy, but it is important that if we can actually help people take one of them, I don't care if you do all of them, but if I told you that talking to strangers is, makes you three times more likely to be happy, I think you're crazy if you don't actually start talking to strangers at least once a week. And if we could change Canadians' uh, mindset on just talking to strangers, and that every person that you passed on campus looked over at you and instead of putting their, fo- their head down into their phone to scroll through the next Facebook feed of somebody they don't know, if every person took that one extra step and looked over at you and said, hi, how are you doing? How's, you, how's your day going? And started up a conversation, I truly believe we would change campuses across this country tomorrow. Yeah, that's something listeners, you have to be listening out for this because this is such an important thing is that when you connect with others, it's not only good for, you know, it's not only good for your community, for your campus, but it's actually physiologically and socially and, and psychologically, it's good for you. It ties in what you mentioned, Pete, about education and, and you know, even just being aware of these kind of societal standards of you don't talk to strangers, you stay away from people that you don't know. The thing is, there are so many opportunities for connecting in a healthy way, in a in a way that brings you joy and brings you purpose. And and I think being aware, like you mentioned, I mean, being aware of these kind of barriers that we have through our society, even, you know, I, w- I was talking with a member of the student council for Cambrian College, and, and we're talking about policies that are coming out in the fall that each individual study desk has to be isolated from one another. So even at the institutional level, there's, there's a barrier, there's a barrier to connection. So part of it is realizing, you know, as students, as young adults, as people, as Canadians, I mean, realizing that there are these barriers and there are ways of redressing them and, uh, accessing resources. And I, I suggest that everyone check out the Genwell Project website and follow Pete on Twitter as well. He's got some great updates. But yeah, it's, it's like you mentioned, it, it's being aware, it's learning, it's, to, it's kind of humbling yourself to learn more about generating the importance of generating human connection. Yeah, I think it, it's, it's so true, Trev. You know, and, and, and let's, let, I want to throw this out there as well. This is nobody's fault. You know, obviously the pandemic aside, I'm just talking about the lack of understanding around the importance of human connection. You know, as I say, most of it's only happened, you know, the research has only happened at the end of the 90s, early 2000s. And technology, you know, really started to enter our lives early in the 2000s. And, you know, most of us saw the positives, as I mentioned earlier. So, you know, when I launched the Genwell project in 2016 and I went and had conversations with whether it was students or seniors, well, seniors were usually pretty good at, at getting it. Um, but, uh, you know, certainly workplaces, a lot of people would look at me and think that, you know, what are you talking about? Like I'm connected. What our research showed is 65% of the connections that we have every day are not ones that are scheduled into our calendar. 
And so what the global pandemic did was wiped out the majority of the connections that we have each and every day. And those connections, when you run into somebody, an old friend at a coffee shop, uh, you know, a classmate that you've seen across the room every class, but you're now you run into them in, into the cafeteria, you know, all those casual collisions that, uh, that, we, that happened in the course of our day are what give us a sense of belonging. And, and you mentioned a word there, purpose. And, you know, we all need to recognize that a conversation right now may be the greatest gift that anybody can give to each other is by making the time to have a conversation. But I will throw out, for some people, that first step of a conversation may be a big challenge. And what I want to throw out is another opportunity, which is volunteering. You know, and in the case of the GenWell project, you asked people, asked me how people could get involved. You know, they can sign up for our, uh, for our newsletter. You know, we're hoping to be a granting organization to help marginalized communities across this country facilitate greater human interaction. And students and campuses at times can be marginalized in, in, in what they're doing. So helping students build those connections will be uh, a part of our future. And so they can sign up for our newsletter, but volunteering in general terms. Find a way to connect with people uh, through volunteering is one of the greatest things that people can do. You know, when you connect with people through volunteering, you're going to find empathetic, compassionate people. You're going to understand the value that you as a human human being bring to this world, whether it's handing out food at the food bank, whether that's, you know, picking up a kid and and playing. and, And volunteering also doesn't always need to be formalized. You know, even gathering a group of kids to go play a game of hoops when it's safe to do so, obviously, with protocols and stuff right now. But recognizing that taking a leadership role, we need more people right now to step up and say, I'm going to send out that invite. I'm going to get the people together. I'm going to be the one who's risking rejection, which is really what that is. And really what the general project wants to do is give you the confidence to know, you know, don't think that they're rejecting you. They're rejecting the idea of this Genwell project thing. You know, hey, the Genwell project says we should get together. So I'm sending out this note. Why don't we all get together? And when people say, ah, oh, no, I don't want to do it. You're like, well, that's a shame. You should check out the Genwell project and understand, you know, more of why I'm trying to do this. And so volunteering, whether it's formal or just taking a leadership role and building, you know, connection, whether it's with friends or family, you know, all of us can play a role in solving for the disconnected world that we find ourselves in today. Yeah, that's, you know, that's some very good practical tips just as we're wrapping up. For listeners that are really interested, want to find these opportunities, I encourage you to reach out, sign up for the newsletter, visit the website, GenWealth Project. Pete, is there a way, uh, if others are interested in connecting or learning more about the GenWealth Project, is there a way uh, they can contact or kind of follow up on that? 110% Trev. My whole belief is this world needs more connection. So whether it's, uh, you know, reaching out to me on LinkedIn, you know, leave me a note, send me a note, um, my email is Pete at genwellproject.org. You know, one of the ways in which we generate revenue to sustain this movement is by speaking. So speaking at colleges, speaking at universities, speaking in businesses. So if anybody has a need to understand more and is looking for this type of conversation and a workshop within, you know, a school or a workplace, you know, let us know, because that's what we want to do is we need to get this message into the general population as quickly as possible so that we can all build healthier connection habits uh, as we move forward. Pete, this has been uh, 
really great conversation and uh, of course lots of tips and and tricks for how to build uh, that sense of human connection and community so yeah i encourage listeners to reach out to connect to see the newsletter check out the website and volunteer be creative in how you engage with others and uh and going into the fall semester. I mean, this is something we all have to take ownership for. So just want to say thanks, Pete. Hopefully we'll have you back on. Uh, I would love to chat more. Let's get connected that way. And just last thing, if you had any last thoughts, any kind of comments uh, you wanted listeners to be aware of, uh, the pedestal's yours. Yeah, Trev, I, I thank you. And I just love the way you just said there, yeah, let's get connected. It's like, when you start to become more conscious about human interaction, I, I I believe this wholeheartedly that all of us start to see it in our lives more consciously. And you'll start saying, rather than, hey, we should chat, you say, we should get connected. And so, you know, I want everybody to start using this as part of their language. But here's here's the last piece of, you know, uh, thought that I'll leave with people. We're, we're hoping to do that social connection survey every six months. So stay tuned to uh, hear the latest information because we want to see how people change coming out of the global pandemic. And if we can survey uh, Canadians from coast to coast, and we've segmented, we've got it by young people, old people, by marginalized communities. So there's lots of opportunity for us to really speak to the student experience and what things are like for for young people. And we'll be sharing that uh, as we move forward. But I think the word I will use is balance. And so, you know, there is a possibility, and I hope we're all open to the the conversation because I think shying away from it is not a good thing, is that some of us won't be on campus again this fall. And so let's recognize that when it comes to building relationships, they happen all around us. You know, if you're living in in residence, it can be with the person that's in the dorm with you. Or if you're living off campus, it could be with your neighbors. You know, it could obviously it can be with your family. Yes, it could be with your classmates when you're on campus, but it could be strangers when you're at your local Starbucks by your home or you're at your local, you know, whatever, wherever you do and whatever you spend your day in recognize that we all need to build healthy relationships everywhere we go because the days that you leave school, you know, and you're no longer being surrounded by those same people and maybe you move to the other side of the country or up north or wherever, maybe some of those relationships won't be available to you the same way they were in the past. And building those healthy connection habits with people in all different parts of your life is what will create the healthy balance in the relationships that will help you stay resilient as you move forward. So I'll throw that out there because none of us knows what's about to happen over the next, you know, four to six months. And I just want people to be open to building those connections wherever they go. Well, that's a wrap on the episode. Thanks again for listening into the conversation we had with people Mbachi. Listen, if you enjoyed our episode, please feel free to leave us a five-star review on wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps us at CSA to spread the word and advocate for issues and concerns that impact you, our listeners, as students. And as always, if you have any questions or comments about the episode, feel free to contact us through our Twitter handle at CSA underscore ON or send me an email at research at collegestudentalliance.ca. And finally, thanks for your support, and we'll catch you next time on CollegeCast.